Welcome to the Penny Bloom Podcast. Ain't another place that has got more bombast. Rump past your mom, dad's listening to Tomcast. Talking everything that make you sad. We don't want that. We're here to make you smile. Put your mind at ease. Peace, love, and bloom, and always praise Keanu Reeves. This what we about. Get some weeding now. We'll talk until we can't no more, and then we peace and out. All right, let's go. Penny Bloom Podcast. It's the Penny Bloom Podcast. Penny Bloom Podcast. Everybody and welcome in to another episode of the Penny Bloom Podcast. Tis I, Colton Robertson, and I am joined by Tavares Pennington. What's up, homie? Hello, hello. How are we doing out there in the uh, interweb worlds? Yeah, the interweb worlds. How are you doing out there? Uh, I'm doing swell. I don't know about you. Uh, we're here today to reflect. Not on our own actions, no, we're perfect. We are here to talk about 2021's pop culture. We're doing movies, TV, music, anything new from this year that we might have watched or listened to. We're going to take it a month at a time. Uh, I think this is going to be a fun little method uh, just to kind of relive the year in a way and uh, and however long this takes us. Um, but yeah, starting with January, going through December. This was a fun little uh, list to put together that I have in front of me like. Uh, all the movies because I didn't there were some cases where it was like holy shit that was a good fucking month yeah uh, and then there are other cases where it's like wow ain't shit happened that month uh, <laughs> and, and you kind of have to accept the uh, inconsistency amidst you know all of the changing circumstances and how quickly they change that's true that's true and I uh, I also only put when like for TV shows I only put when they premiered like mm-hmm. whatever month they premiered, I put them for that month, but multiple of them ran for multiple months. So I was occupied right. with them. You know what I'm saying? Right. So like, there's also that, but yeah, movies was a, it was a particularly good year for movies. If it was, I, it, it felt like a me. comeback year, you know? Absolutely. After all, 2020, it kind of needed to be. Ideally, all of these movies would have came out last year, which is wild to think about. But that's really what, like, has happened. Like, we, everyone just, like, kind of put their lives on hold for a year. Yeah. And maybe we'll be doing it for another year. Who knows? Who knows? Hopefully we can get our shit together. I don't see that happening anytime soon. But let's start with January. Uh, Going into January, I was focused on primarily one thing. Mm -hmm. Uh, It was a TV show called WandaVision. Now, we just had an episode for 2021's comic book movies and uh, TV shows, so we won't spend much time or any time really discussing those, but they'll get mentioned because, you know, they were big moments from the year uh, because they're the biggest entertainment thing in America right now and pretty much in the world. Uh, But in the movies category, we got a new one uh, that was uh, an HBO Max and theater day and day release, uh, The Little Things with Rami Malek, Denzel Washington, and Jared Leto. And boy, with a cast like that, that movie you, must be fucking great. You couldn't even, and, and you know, I should have known initially, because like you watch, it, it's almost like the trailer for that movie is carried by the presence of those three actors. And you, the, the, the trailer doesn't give you any 
real sense of what the plot is going to be about, what this movie is about. And, and hey, neither does the movie. Neither does the movie. <laughs> Which is kind of, that's, yeah, that's kind of what I realized on what, the first time I watched it. It was one of the, I kind of felt confident in a way knowing that walking out of that movie, I was able to identify the ways that it was, it, it, it just didn't, it missed the mark. Um, because it's, it, it, I don't know, it was on face an expensive movie, a movie that obviously had talented actors portraying key roles. And yet somehow it just fell flat on its face. It was terrible. It was, it was, it was not, not good. good. It was not good. <laughs> uh, but yeah, and like, it, it was a rough way to start 2021. Uh, but, you know, it, it really it really only goes uphill from there for me in terms of uh, uh, month by month. Uh, in terms of music, there was only, a, there wasn't really any big releases in January. And so, mm-hmm. like, when I was looking for what came out in January, what I listened to, I happened upon uh, Lyrics to Go, Volume 2 by Code yes. of the Friend. There was, so that was, um, that was an EP, if I remember correctly, right? Mm -hmm. And, you know, you've been telling me about Code of the Friends since high school. Like, he's been around for a while. And I just feel like I didn't really, really listen to him until this year for some reason. He's seen a little bit, like, and like every time we talk about him, every time he comes up, he's seen a little bit of a glow up since the last time we talked about him. Right. And it's not like he's not made a massive leap. He's mm-hmm. not like he's not by any means a star or anything, mm-hmm. but he's just a he's just a, a talented dude who keeps doing his thing. And because he's a talented dude who keeps doing his thing, he keeps gaining notoriety. People yeah. keep learning about him. People keep liking him and he keeps making good music. Yeah. So it's like a. You know, good on him. He's got one of the most interesting little artist careers I've ever seen for that very reason, because oh, yeah. he does have a, a base. Like, there yeah. are people who love Code of the Friend. Yeah. And, uh, but uh, for some reason, he just hasn't seen the the massive pop to start him. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. Yeah. I, um, I'm excited to talk about his, um, his album from March. Oh, um, yes. Oh, yes. And we, and we did talk about that on an episode at one point. We did. We did. Um, but I was in, in January, I, I also kind of was like, wow, there's a lot of things that people I would listen, I listened to release, but I didn't because, um, yeah, I just didn't really listen to it for, uh, I guess the only one that doesn't fit in that category is, uh, Little Skies album that dropped in January titled Unbothered. Um, which is apt because um, I was not bothered to listen to it across any of my uh, awareness. Yeah. Social media, nothing. Never heard of it. Never Never even saw that he dropped another album since that one that he dropped in like January of 2018. (laughs) His debut album. (laughs) Yeah. And and that was before he was like, I think he was like totally independent at that point. Obviously since then he's not. Uh, that one one went crazy mm -hmm. it was good though like there and well that's the thing actually it was good the first half was phenomenal i will still go listen to that first half of the album be like wow but the second half was not good of that album like we just can't say that i think it was called life of a dark rose um 
the second half was not good. There has that one one song nowadays that was on the second half that was like the hit single from the album. So of course that one was going to be good. But everything else, it, it was mediocre. It was it was mediocre and inconsistent. And we should have known that because that's pretty much how Little Skies' career has gone. <laughs> hey, but at least he made it enough to be able to like afford the face tattoos he got. This is true. This is true. It's a nice the whole thing where he got face tattoos, so he had to make it as a rapper. I thought that shit was yeah. hilarious. Yeah, it seems like a, it seems like you make it as a rapper, and then you get the face tattoos. But that's just my opinion. Just my opinion. <laughs> just 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 one way to go about it. But anyway, let's continue on to the month of February. January was solid, you know. Oh well, actually, there, there's a there's a, a couple. Of, there's one more that I wanted. To... Oh, you got some more January? I didn't find anything. I didn't yeah, find there shit. Was, so CJ Fly dropped an album. Um. I did. I hadn't listened to it. I listened to a couple songs yesterday, and it was it was pretty good. Um, CJ Fly and Joy Badass, I think, would make a killer. And they've been on collab albums together before, but just them yeah, two. Is CJ Fly uh, loosely connected to like the Beast Coast thing. Like, is he around? Uh, he's in. He's in that? pro. He's in Pro Era, which is yeah. Joy Badass's group, which is part of Beast Coast. Um, or a lot of the people in Pro Era show up on Beast Coast projects. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that was good. Lil Durk's The Voice came out in January, which was honestly a pretty solid album. I actually that was one of the few, um, one of the I think that was the only one that I listened to from January, like before uh, or heard anything of before um, I made this list. So the Lil Durk album was actually pretty solid. Um, and then there is so Griselda Films. Um, and this kind of fits in the music and movie category. Did you know that Griselda has a film? Branch? Wow. Become familiar. And they made a movie uh, in January called Conflicted and dropped an album alongside it. Um, and so I, I, I listened to a couple songs off the album and, you know, it's it's solid. It's very solid. Um, it's exactly what you want out of a movie companion album. Uh and then I watched the trailer for the movie and, you know, they got a little ways to go, I think, on the uh, uh, screenwriting, directing, yeah. filmmaking front. Um, it, it, it seems like a like a YouTube movie in a lot of ways. You know what I'm talking about, right? Like just yeah. the horribly yeah. acted YouTube movies. <laughs> is it like starring them? Like, is yeah, Giselle yeah. Benny like, the Butcher oh. is in it. Um uh, that was he was the only one I saw in the actual trailer, but I'm sure other Griselda members will show up. Well, you know they're they're big on like The Sopranos, so exactly. I have no doubt that they were like, we ought to try that. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what it is. They're like they're like you know what we need to expand our businesses, you know. <laughs> um, Dude, they're fantastic, and they had and they pop up periodically throughout the year of different members of Griselda. Uh, mm-hmm. West Side Gun, Benny the Butcher, uh, right. Conway the Machine—they all get their, they all have their individual releases that are just like, God damn! Yeah, they do, and then they come together and like, it's just like this is—they they are the most premier rap group right now. Like, they—they they have, in my opinion, they have surpassed the Migos. They may not have, I mean, and I think in a lot of ways, to a lot of people, the Migos have kind of fallen off. Um, that may just be my opinion, but. It is also mine. I, I think Griselda is just a more compelling three-man group. For sure. Um, and then the last one from January, which I haven't listened to, but I listened to um, in, in its entirety, but it's an EP, actually, from 
have you heard you may probably haven't heard of this person the god fahim um i actually okay good he he dropped a bunch of different eps but particularly um i wanted to point out the one that he dropped in january called the wolf on wall street pretty pretty fucking fire pretty you as soon as you look at the cover you're gonna be like like the album cover you're gonna be like "Mm, i think i know where this is going and then you're gonna listen to it and you're gonna be like this went exactly where i wanted it to that's fantastic all right i'll definitely i'll definitely give it a listen then that's for sure yeah and i mean i think that ultimately what we're seeing in music is we're kind of getting out of the phase where we recognize everyone who releases things because there's a lot of names that i was finding in 2021 releases that i knew of but only vaguely like people right right like i'm not a it's gonna be hard it's getting hard to really develop new um like to become a fan of a new artist you know i found that like fandom as a whole for individuals as i get older Mm -hmm. uh it's it's hard for me mm-hmm. to like be like yes i'm a i'm a fan of that person just because like it feel it just feels weird to me the entire idea of fandom is is strange you know right. i think i think it makes sense for like uh general you know like you're a hip hop fan you yeah. are you are a marvel fan you are a star wars fan you are like these big things where a lot of people fit into the category that makes sense to me right uh, but yeah, as I get older, it just gets harder and harder to be like, like glom on to someone. Like, cause I, I, like, I think back to when I was 16 and I fucking loved Chance the Rapper. That will not happen again. Like for any, for any other artist in any other moment, I don't think for the, like, yeah. and no, if it does, I'm open to it, uh-huh. but like, I just don't think that's going to happen. Uh-huh. Yeah. I don't, I, I, I agree. Like, I don't really feel that way towards I mean, except the people who I was really listening into in high school. Like, they'll always hold that special part. And that is how it is for everybody ever. Uh Like, I saw a tweet from Dragonfly Jones just a couple weeks ago who was like, you're not going to get somebody, like, these arguments between dudes who are 15 in 1994 who think Jay is the GOAT are not going to convince that the people who were 15 in 2004 that Lil Wayne is the GOAT are not going to convince that 2014 people who were 15 then that Drake is not the GOAT. Like, it's like, yeah. these were these are who mm-hmm. these are who you think are the GOATs because this that's what you're most nostalgic for. Mm-hmm. And nostalgia always wins out in music conversations. It right. just always does. Right. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a fact. But, yeah, that was, a, that was pretty much January. Yeah, yeah. All right. So let's let's go on to February. And February for me was a was a big one for movies. I had a mm-hmm. I had three that I watched uh, in February. Uh, Tom and Jerry. Oh, you watched that? Uh, fuck yeah, I did, baby. Yeah. I loved Tom and Jerry when I was little. So like the movie dropped, and I was like, I'm fucking in. Uh, watched it. It's cute. You know, it's it's fun. It's entertaining enough. Uh huh. And. Uh, yeah, you know, you like Tom and Jerry, you like the fucking movie. That's how it goes there. Okay. You know? um, I loved Tom and Jerry when I was a kid. So. I was concerned about, like, the animation, like, uh, because it's live-action world. Tom and Jerry animated, like, the only animated parts of it. Uh-huh. Uh, and they pull it off in a way that's, like, believable and, like, 
looks good. So I'm right. like, all right, yeah, I'm here for that. Okay. Uh, another movie that came out that I really, really enjoyed, one of my favorites of the year, Judas and the Black Messiah. Yeah, that one was phenomenal. Uh, that was fantastic. It was actually the first movie in this year that I went and saw in theaters. Um, really? Yes. Uh, I was like, Daniel Kaluuya and Lakeith Stanfield about the Black Panther Party and Mm-hmm. I just, I was like, I have to, I have to go, I have to go catch this because, uh, it was one that I think if I had just played it at home on HBO Max, I don't think I would have gotten like the, the full effect it was supposed to have, you know, a little distractions, looking at my phone, shit like that. But going mm-hmm. to be able to sit, sit down and watch this in a movie theater, it was fucking fantastic. I, uh, it was very, it was very beautifully shot. The story was fantastic. It was obviously devastating, uh, if you are at all familiar. Mm-hmm. Uh, with with that story, uh, it's just that's just a real sad one, man. But it was yeah. a fantastic movie. Yeah, it was a fantastic story movie. of Fred Hampton is just devastating. <clears throat> yeah, no, that was um, we were actually around that time we had a debate tournament, and um, something that stuck with me was this this coach that we had hired um was telling us about how to run this argument and. He was like, you know what? That new movie that Huey Newton is really interesting because it displays in a very genuine way the way that um, governments are okay killing or disposing of um, sort of young revolutionary voices. Like the the black child to them is to the government is the most threatening thing because they are the most free thinking. Uh, people and so the, the, they you know make it a point to single them out and yeah it's just that was a, I think it was a really important movie and you know with that sort of movie you don't want it to fall short at all and it didn't because if it fell uh, short it would have been, been really bad um, there was there was some stuff around the release of it that was like kind of conflicting because I remember there was something that was like a, the Fred Hampton house was mm-hmm. about to be like was had a GoFundMe that was try, struggling to reach like a certain tens of thousands of dollars mm-hmm. uh, to for the government not to repossess the Fred Hampton house. Yeah, and the Judas and the Black Messiah movie cost one hundred and ten million dollars to make. So it was, it's yeah. just like it's interesting, you know, the way the way that even even in a movie that needed to be made like this and is a beautiful story and something that people should know about. Mm-hmm. Uh, even then, it kind of shows where our priorities are at. Right, right. And it's interesting. Um, um, briefly on other January releases, though, there was so I, I didn't actually know about this before, but there's the um, uh, Zendaya put out a film in January on Netflix called Malcolm and Marie. I have that in my February. I didn't realize that was January. Oh, okay. It was at the end of January from what I see, but... um, Oh, interesting. I thought it was the first week of February. That's interesting. Okay, it probably was last week of January, though. Uh, Uh, Have you seen that one? Yes, it was actually the next one on my list after Judas and the Black Messiah. Uh, Did you ever watch it? I didn't, no. Uh, You don't have to. <laughs> is it is it uh, not is it not so I mean great? it's good like it's 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 an impressive acting performance and it's it's really beautifully made and stuff and it, like if you're, you're coming here for a one time viewing you will not want to rewatch this uh yeah uh because the entire thing 
takes place in one room, and the entire thing one of those. is Malcolm and Marie arguing. It's the entire movie. That's uh, yeah. And so, and like it's it's really cool, and it's a really mm-hmm. great idea, and really experimental, and it, it it is very visually stimulating. Also in black and white. Um, yeah. And John David Washington and Zendaya do fucking fantastic in it. Uh, but it's like it's like it's just kind of boring, you know. Okay. Yeah. That so that that actually reminds me of. Um, and this came out last year, but One Night in Miami. Did you ever watch that? I never did. Really interesting movie. That that one is definitely it. It does the same. It's the I forget the word for it, but there's a word for like that sort of movie that takes place in one room, one setting, pretty much. Um, is that does that have Leslie Odom Jr. and uh, yeah. the guy who plays Chrissy Moltisanti in it? Yeah. Uh, Michael Imperioli. Yeah, I think so. I think so. Um, but basically, it talks about. Like this night in Miami after Muhammad Ali won the heavyweight championship, which is and this is all based on real events um, where Martin Luther King, Malcolm X and Muhammad, Muhammad Ali. And who's the dude that sings? Uh, he sings the that song, uh, Sam, the really sad, you know, the song I'm talking like the. Sam Sam Cook and Sam Cook and it's the four of them. Apparently they were friends, which is fucking insane. I didn't know that. And they just like (laughs) quite the powerful friend group right there. Yes. And they were just having these really serious like not serious. They were serious, but they were friends having these conversations about what everyone else wondered about them. Like sort of how how does um, Martin Luther King be friends with Malcolm X and how does um, uh, Muhammad Ali sort of seemingly choose Malcolm X's side when he converts to the nation of Islam uh, and still maintain his friendship with uh, Dr. Martin Luther King. And on the other hand, Sam Cooke is, was portrayed as kind of being like, I don't know what the fuck y'all are talking about. I'm trying to make this money though. They've been telling me my whole life. I can't make money and I can make money. And that's like his whole goal. And it's like they, they give very, four different but understandable perspectives on the way, on why they did the things they did. Now, I had no idea that that's yeah. what that movie was about. I'd only ever heard of its name. Uh, and now that's like a must, must watch it's as re- soon as possible. It's really good. It didn't get talked about all that much, I feel like, when it came out. Um, no, yeah, I'll definitely have to, I'll definitely have to give that a viewing and, uh, yeah, the the last the last January one I have was Nomadland. Have you heard about that movie at least? I oh yeah, okay. uh, but I did not realize that was a 2021 movie. I thought that was a 2020 movie. Yeah, it says January at least. What the fuck? Where was I getting my information? Now <laughs> I, I need to watch. I need to watch Nomadland. Bad. Uh oh. I did actually, I did actually run into Nomadland on the list I was looking at. Mm-hmm. I, I remembered it as a 2020 movie, and it was like at festivals and shit. Yeah, it was. It premiered yeah. in 2021. Yeah, that's right. that's true. Okay. Yeah, I watched it on a plane actually. Um, South, it's one of Southwest free movies, and I was like, oh mm-hmm. shit, it's a really good movie. Let me watch it. And phenomenal. Like, t- I can one best picture at the Oscars. Huh? Oh, it yeah. won best picture at the Oscars. Yeah, no phenomenal like you 
it's really eerie, really quiet, really solemn. Um, but it's just real. Like it's, it's just a real depiction of what it, what life is like for a lot of people now and increasingly being like because of this sort of, um, nomadic effect that corporate jobs have influenced people to like follow like the main character works seasonally at amazon and lives in her van um and she likes that because she's able to go anywhere she wants to you know whenever she wants to but she's like poor you know she's like not and all the other nomads are fairly poor too but they all look out for each other all across the country and it's a really interesting I don't know yeah. things about her. And yeah. Chloe Zhao being the director is nothing that entices me greatly. She also won Best Director at the Oscars mm-hmm. uh, for Nomadland. And it's definitely one that I've wanted to make my way around to. But I have a real tough time going into a movie that I know for sure is going to get me down a little bit. Yeah, uh, yeah. And, and, like, obviously there are movies that, you know, sneak through and I'm just I, like, fuck it. I'm uh, but that one hasn't been one that I've gotten around to yet. I'm increasingly getting like that. I uh, <laughs> I messed around and showed Claire uh, this movie on Amazon called Life Itself. I, I, I think I've told you about this movie. Ha, you haven't seen it, have you? No, but the one with Oscar Isaac. And... Yeah. And it... I... <laughs> was it better the second time around? No, no. It was, it was <laughs> even more clearly emotionally manipulative the second time around. I was like... At first, I just thought it was, like, a bad movie, giggle, laugh, ha-ha. Um, this is, like, awful. They expect you, like, this is just a terribly written story. And then I showed it to Claire, and she, she like, she's, like, breaking down, crying. And I'm like, what, what did I did? Life itself strikes me as, like, the this is us of movies. Yeah. Uh, it's just relentless. Like, it's relentless, and it resolves the story in such a roundabout way where it makes it feel like most of the jaw-dropping stuff that happens in that movie was just for shock value. That's all it makes it feel like because the ending is so mundane and I'm like, there's so many better ways to get to this point than fucking having a pregnant woman get, get run over by the bus and then changing the narrative to focus on three different people in the story, and the last one is the story of the little kid who fucking distracted the bus driver so that the lady would get killed. It's it's just fucked up. It's fucked up. <laughs> I'm, I'm not gonna lie to you. I'm never gonna watch that. Yeah, don't. Please um, don't. <laughs> that is Please fucking don't. hilarious. Uh, yeah, but, but I think that was all I had for for January. <laughs> all I had in the February and I guess slash January category with Malcolm and Marie was uh, uh Tom and Jerry, Judas and the Black Messiah, and Malcolm and Marie. Yeah, uh, for movies. Did you have any more um, in February? So February, Minari came out, which I almost saw. We actually chose to see. Uh, Minari is like a story about a Korean American family trying in, in to, yeah, in Arkansas. And, um, we, it was between that and all the little things or the little things. And, uh, 
We chose the little things for obvious reasons, you know, like yeah, uh, Rami Malek, Rami Malek, Jared Leto. Like, what? Come on! And I really wish we went and saw Minari. I haven't seen it yet, still, but I know that that was a really good movie to come out that month. Also nominated for Best Picture, if I remember correctly. Was it Minari? Yeah, that's, uh, that's impressive. Yeah, I really. It's another one that I also really want to watch. And and there's always this thing with the uh, with the with the Oscar Best Picture nominees where it's like. I obviously want to watch it eventually, uh-huh. but they are so often just hard to get through just because yeah. they're so, just because like, they're usually so emotional. They make me so like, they either make me so sad mm-hmm. or, they, yeah. or they're really long or they're, the story might be good and it might be really well acted, really well shot, but sometimes it can just be boring. And, uh, yeah. uh, and, I just got to be in the right mood for one that I know I'm going to be like critically viewing. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. Uh, um, I also, I haven't seen this one yet, but the United States versus Billy Holiday. Did you ever? With was a, that a movie? I believe so. With a, with Andre Day. Yeah. It was on Hulu, right? Uh huh. And this is how I, this is how I found out about Andre Day and I, I, her music is phenomenal like absolutely insane like well she's uh, playing Billy Holiday yeah like her voice is just ridiculous but I haven't watched that movie yet I heard I heard good things about it um I I was for some reason I was under the impression that was like a limited series of some sort no I think Uh, that's yeah I'm pretty sure it's a limited no, yeah. All right. I'll have to then uh, that makes me want to watch it more. I thought it was more like 5 hours instead of 2. Uh, uh, yeah. Um, so that makes that makes it a little bit more enticing to me. And it looks like Billie Eilish's thing came out in February. Obviously, didn't watch that. I don't I don't really get the whole concert movie thing like uh, I don't either. It's never been my thing. Like I, I remember, I remember several over the years. Like I actually think that the Justin Bieber ones were huge. I actually went and saw the Justin Bieber one in theaters with my girlfriend at the time when we were like thirteen or fourteen. <laughs> uh, and I, I, that's the only one I've ever went and like watched in a theater. But now uh-huh. that I'm uh, now that I'm dating Emily, who's like who's a really big Taylor Swift fan and is a really big fan of pop music, and uh, I did actually get to watch the Billie Eilish one. Did you? All right. Uh, so what did you what did you think about? I, and I thought what I usually think after after pretty much any documentary. Yeah. Huh. That was pretty interesting. Really? Uh, like it. And like you if I get sucked into a documentary like you put on any documentary and I end up sitting there for 10 minutes, I'm probably going to watch the whole fucking thing mm-hmm. just because like. Yeah, I I, I end it. up getting fascinated. I will not go out of my way typically to choose a documentary. It doesn't mm-hmm. happen often. Uh but like, say my father watches lots of documentaries in the living room. If I stand up there for a couple minutes, I know I'm in for the rest of the time. Yeah. Uh, and Billy Eilish's uh, whole thing was was actually really really cool. And uh, I've never been a, a big fan of concert uh, concert movies either. I, I remember like the Jonas Brothers have had one. Taylor oh, Swift yeah. has had a few. Yeah. Um. I feel like uh. I feel like there's there's a few others that I'm just forgetting, but yeah, it was entertaining enough. I wouldn't like recommend it unless you're a Billie Eilish fan, you know. Mm-hmm. Like, but uh, uh, it, it's 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 interesting, and uh, she's 
people being that young and that famous is hard as fuck. So like seeing her deal with it is really what's interesting about the whole documentary. Uh-huh. You know? um, but yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, and for music in February, I, I, I mean, I didn't, that, that was not much really. Pooh Shiesty, Shiesty season came out, which I, I did listen to that whole project when I was driving to North Carolina um, last summer. And it's, I don't know, the project as a whole wasn't that great. It has a couple standouts for sure. Um, and then Bryson Tiller's anniversary came out in February, which right. I did not listen to more than a song or so off of there, but um, I don't remember it getting, I don't think it got too much. People really expected a lot out of it, and I don't think it delivered on that because Bryson Tiller was such a, it was such a moment back in like, what was it, like maybe in 2014, 2015. I think 2015-16, somewhere in there, yeah, okay. like, I think he might have been a part of the whole, like, 2016's music was the greatest of all time, like, I think yeah. that might have been when Trap Soul came out, but, uh... Trap Soul was fire. Trap, <laughs> Trap Soul helped define that whole new genre of music, which is crazy mm-hmm. how artists can do that. Artists can, like, like, who, who's another... Yeah, I don't know, there's... I feel like Trapsol really changed the expectation of R&B and it kind of uh, helped develop this new genre, I guess, that people are calling like neo-soul, um, which I enjoy a lot, like a lot, a lot. But it still has the same issues as every other genre, which is the music can get to sound a little samey, like after a while here in Brazil. Bryson Tiller, everything Bryson Tiller makes now sounds the same to yeah. me. Uh, and it, it it's happened with a few other artists that I really didn't want it to happen to uh-huh. in that genre. Uh, I think uh, less so than Bryson Tiller f- for me, but to a degree, it's starting to it's it started to happen. Brent Fias, yeah, yeah, definitely Brent Fias. I, I, I listen to his old stuff a ton, but yeah, he's. And like it's just all just all right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but some other things that came out in February: Collection Agency by Currency. Ooh, yeah, uh, that was a good one. I I always fuck with Currency. We've talked about Currency multiple times. Mm-hmm. When Currency does his thing, he does his thing. He does his pretty thing. much. That. Yeah, he he doesn't. He's not. I really respect Currency because he doesn't take himself to be like to need to break records with every release. You know, he'll drop five six maybe seven projects in a year and they may not be huge they may not be getting radio plays but he's still got his core fan base and his core fans will listen absolutely uh and then another one i think i'm assuming this came in conjunction with his super bowl performance uh the highlights by the weekend which was basically just a the greatest hits album Oh, uh, I didn't actually know that came. Why does he have the greatest hits album already, bro? It's because he can. Like he can. it's crazy. He this thing have... is like thirty songs long, and every single one of them is fucking fantastic. Because he... like, it's all of his best songs. He's already he's already got a catalog that's like I can do a greatest hits. He he's got arguably the best mixtape run I've ever seen. Like the quality of music he was making during his mixtape days, arguably just as good, if not better, than his album music. Precisely his um, 
more recent albums, which were were fine. Um, with the ex- I, I I never came around on Starboy, but um, I I do like <laughs> certain songs on there. But um, yeah, Star- I did. You, that was one that I actually event. I didn't. I wasn't a fan at the time in twenty. What was that? Also, fifteen, sixteen. Yeah, think? I think so. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I I remember being just kind of like, uh, I mean, okay, like I I really loved R and B the weekend, and he went really really mm-hmm. poppy the weekend with it, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, to an extent, like now I can I can appreciate a lot more of those songs the uh, and and the kind of vibe it's putting off. I have to like be in a kind of specific mood to put on Starboy by the weekend. It's not one yeah. that's getting a lot of casual plays yeah. for me, but like uh, if I'm ever like, you know what? I think I think it's one that uh, I I don't see enough love for. Right. I think it's I think it's solid. Yeah, I would agree with that. I would definitely agree with that. I just remember Sidewalks featuring Kendrick Lamar. That shit's just fucking crazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, that's say, say, say. <laughs> I come from murder one broad day like melee. <laughs> that song is wild. Kendrick just makes everything better. Though. Ken- that's Kendrick just, does. You know, Kendrick does. Uh, but you got anything else in February? Uh, no, I think that's uh, I think pretty good. Oh, another TV show that premiered in February. Another comic book show, uh, Superman and Lois. Solid. Recommend watching. Want more thoughts? Go over to the 2021 Comic Book Movies and Shows podcast. On to March. Uh, biggest one so far for movies for me. I have yeah, Mar- uh, March five, is huge. I have five watched movies in March with Godzilla vs. Kong. <laughs> Uh, Cherry, starring Tom Holland. Chaos Walking, starring Tom Holland again, uh, but with Daisy Ridley. Ryan, The Last Dragon, the second movie this year that I saw in theaters. Mm-hmm. And Moxie on Netflix, produced by Amy Poehler. Mm. Um, yeah, it was this. This one is I fondly remember this month. Uh, these are all movies I really, really enjoyed on some level. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. There were there are a lot of. Um, I think that probably part of the whole movie industry deals with putting out movies at certain parts of the year. Like people are more willing to go outside and go do things. March of 2021, um, as opposed to any early of that for a host of reasons, but. Um, did you mention you, you mentioned Zack Snyder, right? Oh, Zack yeah, Snyder's Justice League also came out um, in March. Um, That's a good fucking. Movie. Along with, I haven't seen this one, but Nobody came out the movie with. Um, yes, with uh, with Bob Odenkirk. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Saul Goodman. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that one uh, seemed like a it seemed like a pretty pretty uh, good one, and then. The other one that, and I, I, it doesn't have great reviews, but I thought it was interesting just because it was a sort of interesting concept, which is a um, Asian American basketball player. It's called Boogie. Um, I think it's a Netflix film. Have you seen it? I think I remember that being out in theaters for a second. It wasn't. It was in theaters. Uh, I, if I remember correctly, okay. I might. I might be remembering that wrong, but I. F- I feel like it was. Uh... Yeah, I, I just remember because Pop Smoke was in it. Um. <laughs> which was just kind of funny. And it's like a story based around an Asian American basketball player. Like 
that's a pretty that's not a thing that people really think about because it's like oh you know we got Yao Ming but <laughs> like how many really good Asian basketball players can you think of not many and basketball's huge in in um China and Japan from mm-hmm. what I hear that's why they do those games over there sometimes yeah, and, yeah. um a lot of people who that's why a lot of uh, a lot of NBA players completely uh, mm-hmm. avoid any conversation about anything involving china mm-hmm. uh, they make a lot of money from china <laughs> yeah they, if, if anyone uh, says anything uh negative about china it is re- they're immediately required to recant it and uh like <laughs> that was a whole that really confused me didn't something happen with Lindman lebron allude to something and do you remember what happened there he he was one that never said anything wrong. He's one that gets kind of shit on for always, for never even coming close to saying anything, for completely bowing to the political situations. See, but he's with. not a politician. <laughs> right. He's a basketball he's player. He's a NBA basketball player. What is the expectation and, uh, of him to do that? I don't know. I don't, and it's I, I, I think there's a whole conversation that could go into that and there's uh, there's actually a movie that we'll get to with the December uh, later on that kind of messes with that idea how you use your voice once you gain a platform and stuff but um yeah it's 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 interesting but yeah boogie i uh i, I remember hearing about it but i never actually caught it um yeah i saw ryan the last dragon in theaters that's a that's a great disney animated one uh Aquafina voices the dragon, uh, and uh, uh, the chick who plays Rose Tico, Kelly Marie Tran, uh, from Star Wars sequel trilogy, plays Raya, and uh, they do a really good job. It's a it's a fun movie. It's really pretty, okay. uh, entertaining to look at. The, uh, uh, Cherry was absolutely devastating. Cherry. Tom Holland, yeah, Tom Holland. It's an Apple TV Plus original. Okay. Um, Tom Holland is fucking fantastic in it. He's a uh, he's a struggling young dude who uh, go enlists in the army because he can't afford to do anything else. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, and it's kind of just a commentary on how shitty life can be if you're in that situation, right? And it it, it shows him after the war going through PTSD stuff and. Uh, uh, addiction and it's just a it's really 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 good i i thought it it, it catches a lot of shit i've seen online uh mm-hmm. it's directed by the russo brothers uh they did avengers the avengers they? yeah, yeah. And they did they just do in game they did infinity war and end game i'm pretty sure because i think joss whedon did uh the others huh. if i remember correctly fuck joss whedon but yeah, it, I, I thought it was a really good movie, and Tom Holland's a great leading man. He had a really good year uh, mm-hmm. as he continued it with Chaos Walking. That movie is a little less good, um, but it's entertaining enough, you know. Yeah. Um, it's a it's a world where there's like this this thing around the people where you can hear their thoughts. Nobody's thoughts are silent. You have to like really control it. You have to learn to really, really control it so that you're not letting your free thoughts just flow all the time. Yeah. 
and it's a society of only men. There are no women until Daisy Ridley happens upon their planet. Uh-huh. Uh, and uh, it's a, it's an interesting one. The way it unfolds is kind of weird and it's a weird movie, but it's entertaining all in all. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, Tom Holland and Daisy Ridley are fantastic actors and actor and actresses. Uh, so uh, I recommend it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, SpongeBob movie. movie also came out, and <laughs> that's right. Keanu Reeves. <laughs> Keanu Reeves was in this. So it was oh Aquafina. Legendary man. They had they had a good year. Um, they did. They did. Yeah, was... and then Godzilla versus Kong was a visual spectacle. That shit was just fun. Mm-hmm. You know. Like I'll take all the movies I can get of big monsters fighting. I'm not here for a story, you know. Like people right. were like, "That movie's not good." I don't care. <laughs> that shit was fun. That shit was fun. That's all you got to do. <laughs> That's all you have to do. Um, That's that. Yeah, but I think that was. Do you have any more movies? No, I think that's it. Uh, yeah. The last one I had was Moxie. It was a Netflix original. It was a, it's a cute one uh, about a a young girl who's uh, kind of coming into her own as a feminist. Mm-hmm. Uh, lear- actively learning the more the movie goes on about, uh, and it's it's very like if you are a thirty something white liberal, you're gonna fucking love this movie. Um, <laughs> this might be your favorite movie of all time. Uh, it's, it, it's like, it's entertaining and it's cute. Uh, and the political messaging couldn't be more fucking clear. Uh, yeah. but it, it was, it's a solid one, you know? And, uh, I think, uh, a lot of men could benefit from watching it, you know? Yeah. I'll have to try that. I'm literally, I'm, I'm kind of looking for new stuff to watch while I'm out here. Cause I'm, I decided to fly this time, so I'm without a car, which means most of the day I'm just kind of chilling, not doing shit. I'm also at the moment without a car. uh, (laughs) Living that life, living that life. Yeah, yeah, it's a a rough one. But, Um, uh, yeah, that's it for movies for me. Yeah, so on the music front, I had a a couple, too. So you got Denzel Curry and Kenny Beats dropped Unlocked 1.5. Uh, have that. Through a bunch of fantastic features on that project, we worked the songs a little bit. Shmino, God, anything with Shmino. I love Shmino. Shmino is oh god, he's so good. Um, Drake, Scary Hours Two came out, which I don't think I ever listened to. Surprise! I remember. I remember. I gave it a listen the night it dropped, but I think it's another two song package. Yeah, so that's what it was. Yeah. I listened to the two songs. And I never listened to them again. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, so uh, the Alchemist dropped an album with a artist who I think is really up and coming, Armand Hammer, Tanner, um, called Harem. Uh, the Alchemist obviously has done a bunch of projects this year, but I think he had a fucking year. Like, if we're gonna like uh, official first twenty twenty one award, if there's a producer of the uh, year. It's the alchemist. It's the alchemist. And what's crazy is it feels like he's kind of made a. He was a. He was a legend, way before this. But I feel like in the past couple of years, he's really been putting in some work. There's some sort of like renaissance of the alchemist these last couple of years because yeah. like there are like there's articles from like 2000 
where he's featured alongside like Jay Dilla and yeah, and these massive producers from the late nineties and early two thousands hit boy and shit. Like it's like, mm-hmm. God damn. Yeah. Yeah. No, for sure. Um, and then Benny, the butcher, the plugs I met too. Fantastic album. Um, Really, really enjoyed. I pretty much enjoy anything Benny the Butcher puts out. Like he's yeah, he's Griselda. A, pretty much anything Griselda members do, I'm gonna like. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I and I, I think I think Benny the Butcher is kind of taking the spot for my my favorite. It, it was West Side Gun for for at the beginning. Like I I I learned about Griselda through West Side Gun, but when I started listening to Benny the Butcher, I was like, yeah, this is this is easy. Like. And in fact, West Side Gun is now my least favorite member of. Virginia. Yes, me too. Me too. Uh, I, I feel like Benny the Butcher is like he—he he reminds me of Rick Ross, and I say that with the utmost respect for Rick Ross because I, I was listening to an episode of The Breakfast Club and Charlemagne was talking about. He was like, "We need to talk about how Rick Ross is one of." if not the most consistent hip-hop artist of the past 10 years. Like, he he's he's not really missed ever. And I, I would agree. Like, everything Rick Ross puts out pretty much, it d- does what it needs to do. <laughs> There's There are a few artists who have carved out that lane, you know, on the, on the commercial level that he has. Mm-hmm. Like, he puts out, he puts out hits, like, Rick Ross is a big artist. A lot of people know Rick Ross. And he just he just does it. You know, like I I like and there are a few dudes who like actually come right along with Rick Ross Wale. Yeah. Another guy for me who is like is fits that lane that just consistent Wale does he's not quite as commercially big as Rick Ross, I would say, but uh he's done his thing, you know, and he's had a few hits. Yeah. And uh he's definitely done his thing. Um, and we also yeah. have Code of the Friend, Static, and Static Selective, To Kill a Sunrise, which... Yeah, and I think there was an episode at the end of March in which we discussed To Kill a Sunrise, The Plugs I Met To, and Chemtrails Over the Country Club by Lana Del Rey, ah, all in one little one. We did. Yeah. I did not I did not look at lists of other genres. I, realized, I just realized that I only looked at hip-hop music for the year. Um, I was really only, I was just looking through a big list of like every release of the year. Oh. And I was like, if I listened to it, I took it down. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's what I did for every category was just like scroll until I found ones I watched uh-huh. or listened to. Uh, but yeah, that was, those are all the ones I had unlocked 1.5, Scary Hours 2, To Kill a Sunrise, Chemtrails Over the Country Club, and The Plugs I Met too. Yeah. Yeah. So March, pretty good month. Pretty good month. It was a really around. good month, and then on t- on the TV front, another superhero show, Invincible, uh, that I started. Mm-hmm. Uh, Amazon Prime, fantastic. Again, twenty twenty one comic book movies and stuff yeah. over there. On to April, and this one uh, this is a pretty solid month. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I'm gonna start with the uh, the movies, the movie section. It was a fun one for movies for me. Uh, I have three here. I got the Mitchells versus the Machines. Netflix animated movie that I cannot recommend enough. It's one of my favorite animated movies ever. Uh, Mortal Kombat. Oh, did you and watch the Mortal Kombat movie? I did. How I was did. it? It was solid. You know, uh, I think it caught a lot of shit, and it it does help that I like 
I played the Mortal Kombat games, but I don't know Mortal Kombat lore. Right. I don't have any stake in these characters. I don't I don't really know anything besides some abilities of some characters. You uh-huh. know what I'm saying? So coming into it and just being ready for some cool fight sequences with characters with dope powers, like, yeah, I'm in. Yeah. Uh it's a fun action movie. Uh and I thought it was I thought it was mad entertaining. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's that's all I was really looking for out of it. I wasn't expecting a movie that was going to put me on my fucking ass in terms of storytelling. Yeah. Uh, I was just I was just ready for some ready for some action mm-hmm. and uh that was kind of the case with that and Thunder Force, uh Netflix original with uh Octavia Spencer and Melissa McCartney. Uh they play superheroes. <laughs> and uh it's it's funny as fuck. Like it's it's super funny, super entertaining. Uh, I mean, like, it's stupid. It's mad stupid. Some of the yeah. dumbest shit I've ever watched. But it, it is hilarious. And uh, and for that reason, I love it. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, I, I don't... I didn't actually watch anything from April, which, um... Yeah, that's, that's kind of surprising. No, I, have, I have a... Oh, wow, that was... I don't know if you... I came through really squeaky there. Uh... But yeah, I have I have a month like that later on. Uh, in the TV category, I have my first show that I watched this year that was not comic book movie or show related. It was it's just it's an original show. Nothing, no comic book characters involved. Okay. Uh, it, it was HBO Max's Made for Love, huh. uh, starring Kristen Milioti, and this is one that I strongly recommend. Like. If I had to pick one that's like not a comic book movie or show that I watched over the course of the year, and you'll see that I have a few as we continue this, this is my favorite far and away. Um, it's about a woman who has been married to a tech billionaire who has locked her in their bubble, and their, their bubble is just basically his entire estate where he's staying. Uh, they have everything they'd ever need here. They never have to leave. He's a He's in some sort of arrested development, just kind of like he's super fucked up. He's a billionaire who's twisted and completely disconnected from reality. Yeah. Um, and he develops this chip where you put it in to couples' brains and two become one. Mm-mm. You can you can you can always hear each. You always know what each other are thinking, and you you. No privacy, nothing. You're you're you full trust that all the time. That sounds like a recipe for disaster. Yes, and so the show it's 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 really funny. It's really dramatic. Really emotionally resonant. Incredibly well acted, and uh, it's it's it keeps you on the edge of your fucking seat. You are like, what the fuck is about to happen? Yeah, and uh, I, I really really love it. And Kristen Milioti, I just have a I have a soft spot for her because you know she's she's the mother of How I Met Your Mother. Yeah, and. Uh, I'll always love her for that. Uh-huh. Um, Tracy deserved better. <laughs> um, but yeah, Made for Love. That was a fucking fantastic show from April of 2021. Okay. Yeah, that, that's... Um, it seems like... The... What, what's interesting to notice, too, is how these releases are becoming... And honestly, why so many of them fly under the radar like they do... Because movie releases are not do not hinge on um, theatrical releases anymore, like, and that's such an odd thing. Like, 
I think it's better. It'll be easier to get movies made because of that. But at the same time, they, like, if you make more movies, then less people are going to watch all of the movies, you know? Like, and that's kind of like, that's the danger on the whole of the streaming age, you, th- you know? Like, there's this, there's this, there's a list of pros and cons, you know, like as there is with anything else, you know, I was thinking the other day about like on the TV show front, the freedom that the streaming platform gives you, you know, uh, you don't have to have a structure. Mm -hmm. There doesn't like you want an episode to be 35 minutes one week and an hour and five minutes the next fine. It's streaming. It doesn't matter. There's not a TV slot you have to hold. Like it's, the creatives just have a lot more freedom to uh-huh. do whatever the fuck they want when, it, and, and that's specifically on the TV side, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, and I think movies, you see that too. And I think streaming services, especially like Netflix, uh, care a lot less about, um, what the brand is saying. Whereas like Warner brothers and Disney and stuff like there's certain stuff they won't allow to get made that right. Netflix probably would, you know, uh, just because Netflix will make, everything mm-hmm. um they will make just about it. everything they'll make everything like <laughs> <laughs> uh they're they put out so much fucking stuff and obviously they're their method where it's like one of these is bound to hit there's something to it obviously it's worked with several things stranger things squid games uh like Bird Box, random Tiger King, shit, random shit just hits on Netflix. Yeah, it it does. Because there's so much shit that just blow. One thing is bound to blow up. Mm -hmm. And while I do kind of wish, you know, like it would be more like, what if we focused on making the best possible products instead of putting out such a massive quantity that one of these things is bound to give us a return on our investment? Right. Yeah. It's just, uh, it's just interesting. Yeah, no, it, 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 I think it's, it's just sort of, I don't know, it's these, these corporate entities are taking over. That's a fact. It's a fact. So is that, is that April? Uh, I got, I got some music in April. Okay. Oh, yeah, we, we got talk about music. <laughs> La Machina by Conway the Machine. Yep. That was a big one for me. I liked that one a lot. I have uh, an Staying with you. Oh, I, I listened to like pretty much everything Conway the Machine and Benny the Butcher this year. Okay, like if they put out anything, I, I definitely yeah. was on that shit. Mm-hmm. Um, staying with the you know Kristen Milioti, How I Met Your Mother, love. Um, One more than I'll let you go by Josh Radner, the man who plays Ted Mosby. Uh, he's he's he, you know he sings a couple times in the series, and you see he's got he's got a little bit of a voice on him. You're like, ah, oh, okay, and he makes he makes some fun folksy kind of music that I can get behind every now and then. Yeah. Uh, so I def I, I I like I like the dude, so I gave him a, I gave him a spin there. Uh, Against his pain by Moneybag Yo, uh, uh-huh. who has just steadily risen as like one of the most solid artists in the game. Yeah. Frankly, just kind of like. Again, in that Rick Ross vein where it's, like, consistent, he's going to do his fucking thing, just... Yeah, pretty much. And then uh, Shelly, formerly known as Dram, by Shelly, formerly known as Dram. Oh, I I didn't catch that. Dram changed their name? Yeah, yeah, Uh, to Shelly. S-H-E-L-L-E-Y, F-K-A, Dram. And the album he put out was fucking fantastic. Like, 
I loved that album. Uh, definitely my favorite album from this month and might be, as far as we've gone in the year, the first four months here, might be my favorite album of the first four months. Oh. Um, it was just really, really fucking good. I didn't uh, even... Then... Wait, so... Well, I wonder why Dream changed their name. He kind of addresses it on the album. Okay. Like, uh, it's kind of a, just kind of a rebirthing sort of thing. Like, he's, it seems he's found a pretty spiritual path that he's kind of on, and he's like, I needed to, I needed to do my, I needed to rebrand, I needed to hit the reset sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Uh, We also, in, uh, also in April, we have This Thing of Ours by The Alchemist, uh La Cosa Nostra. This thing of ours, um, uh, the Alchemist fucking does his fucking thing on the production. Lots of killer features. Yeah, it it's fucking great. And then uh, Khaled Khaled by DJ Khaled. Khaled Khaled. Uh, yep. Uh, this somehow that man fails every time. Every every single. Did you see? I, I wanted to text you about this, but I didn't know if this was like. I don't know. Did you see this man? What he did to his teeth. Mm-mm. DJ Khaled, like, I don't know if this is the real read, but I, I couldn't find a lot online about it because I did Google it because I was that interested. His teeth are smaller now. They are, they appear more straight. Like, it seems like fake teeth. Um, And apparently what he did was he shaved his teeth down. Um. So that they're all even. Uh, So it looks like he's wearing like a really good set of dentures. But the only explanation I could find online was that he did this so that he could eat lobster better or something. I don't know. But if you look up DJ Khaled, he's in a commercial that I keep seeing on. um, uh, Yeah, just like on 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 TV and and. He's like, I don't know. It's it's just weird. It's just it's just an odd thing to do. I think to shave your teeth down. Well, I think uh, I think you'll find that with a lot of these super rich motherfuckers, <laughs> they do some strange shit. <laughs> yeah, uh, because they have the money to do some strange shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, and obviously, I think that's a thing that some people choose to do. You know, sh- shave their teeth down for the appearance of straighter teeth. Yeah. Uh, but goddamn, that's I can't, I can't, I could never do that. Yeah, I, mean, yeah. Holy, no, I, I, I urge you to uh, uh, pay attention next time you see uh, DJ Khaled, and because it just, I guess he looks better, but he looks fake. Like he looks <laughs> manufactured. Like he looks like the Santa Claus two version of the Santa Claus, where they like put him in the plastic machine and like he became a giant walking toy. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Um, and you, you mentioned, you already mentioned the uh, Brockhampton project, right? I did not. Shit, was that April? I think so. Um, Roadrunner, New Light, New Machine. That shit was gas. Did you? I, 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 I remember listening to it 
but I just never revisited it, and I can't remember a single song off of it, which is kind of the problem I was starting to have with Brock. Well, it, it's honestly the problem I've always had with Brockhampton, even when you go back to the Saturation series, when I first got into them. It was so hard for me to tell people what songs I liked, because I... it. Not that they all sounded the same, though, because they didn't. They all sounded very, very different. But it was hard. They're one of those examples where, like, you should listen to the whole album. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, like, if I go visit, if I go revisit Brockhampton, I'm probably not just picking out a song. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm picking out one of their albums, and I'm going to listen to it right. from front to back. Yeah. Uh, and- just because they that that was what they were good at, was curating an album mm-hmm. and putting the right songs in the right place and making it flow really well oh, together. Yeah. Uh, and that's, I, I, I had the same problem, you know, there weren't a lot of specific songs that I would have pointed to and said like, this is one of my favorite Brockhampton songs. Mm-hmm. Like I'd probably say it for a lot of them because I associate it with the whole album yeah. instead. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And um, I, 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 yeah, I think iridescence still stands at the top for me for Brockhampton. And it could just be the having the concert experience to accompany that. It helps. It it, it like it like absolutely helps. It because I mean, shit. I don't know if this is a, a good example, but like Flower Boy by Tyler the Creator probably still stands as my favorite Tyler album. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, I thought it was Igor for a while, but I just don't listen to Igor as much as I. I will I say, I, I think Igor is probably a better album. And that's, yeah. Uh huh. But I don't think I like it as much. And then, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. What was the, the name of his most recent one? Uh, Call Me When You. Call Me When You Get Lost. Call Me If You Get Lost. Call Me If You Get Lost. Yeah. That was a phenomenal album, too. I just don't revisit it. Um, yeah. Well, and see, there's also this thing that I'm falling into with music quite a bit where, and I think this is just a product that of getting older that kind of everyone does like uh there are a lot of people like i used to be very like what's coming out this friday yeah i'm gonna listen to it you know uh but most people when they listen to music it's like they'll listen to some big things and unless they happen upon new shit they don't listen to new shit right uh and i've i've fallen deeper and deeper into that like i'm very late to releases Mm -hmm most of the time unless they're like the massive ones like Donda and Certified Lover Boy and yeah. shit like that. Like I was ready for Call Me If You Get Lost because I love Tyler oh, yeah. the Creator. I was so ready stuff. for that one. Um but yeah, it's just like and then I don't know if it was just the music this year, if it's a reflection of that. I don't revisit I don't revisit a lot of the stuff that people consider the best albums of the year. Mm-hmm. Uh I just don't. Uh yeah, I don't. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, no, I I agree. I um probably the only new artist that I listened to, one of the few new artists I listened to this year actually did come out with his album in April, and that was um Big Scar, Big Scar, Big Grim Reaper. It's, um, pretty solid, pretty solid. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like very much you know like I'm trying to think of an artist to relate to. Almost like Pushaisty in some ways, um, but just like that hard hitting trap that like it's it's solid. It's a solid project. All right. All right. Does that conclude April for us? I believe so. Um, 
I mean, there was Slime Language 2, which I didn't actually listen to. Um, I did. You did. Uh, but I forgot it came out, so there you go. There you go. It's uh, uh, Apparently, it debuted at number one, so people were looking forward to it. Um, I mean, they're always look, there's always people looking forward to a Young Thug release, right. you know what I'm saying? Corday dropped his EP, Justin Till, Snoop Dogg, um, and Currency both dropped projects, as did Talib Kweli. Um, Lil Yachty dropped a project. Damn. Yeah, and I think that's I think that's it. All right. All right. And it, was it? Have you told me about Moray? Is that someone that you've told me about? It might be. I like Moray. Yeah. I think Moray came up with something too. Yeah. But with that, on to May. And I only saw one movie, but there's a couple movies from May that uh. Uh, were pretty big deals. Uh, I only saw A Quiet Place Part 2, um, which I really enjoyed, and we had a whole episode where we talked about it, so mm-hmm. uh, I won't uh, I won't elaborate on it too much, but, you know, it was a solid It was a solid film. It was the only horror movie that I saw in theaters this year, mm-hmm. uh, and this would mark my third trip to the movie theater on the year after Judas and the Black Messiah and Ryan the Last Dragon went for A Quiet Place Part 2 in May. Okay. Um, a couple of the bigger releases, uh, Army of the Dead on Netflix, directed by Zack Snyder. Mm-hmm. That was a huge movie uh, that I never got around to. Uh, the zombie genre is just not one that I'm I'm huge on. Uh, mm-hmm. There's been a few that I've really enjoyed, Train to Busan and uh, uh, World War Z and shit like that. Like that's fun. Yeah. But, uh, I do need to watch Army of the Army of the Dead. Uh, I like Zack Snyder as a filmmaker, and mm-hmm. there's probably a reason it was so big. And then uh, Cruella, starring Emma Stone. Yep, I never watched that, uh, but I've heard. Yeah, heard. I, I did things. watch. I did watch Cruella actually. I watched Cruella in a Quiet Place from May. Um, Cruella was good. I, I think Emma Stone really shines in it. Um, it it the. The storyline seemed very windy. Like, I really don't remember. Maybe I was high. I was, I just remember thinking that this story was kind of difficult to follow. Um, but also, Cruella is telling a story from what is, uh, is it 101 Dalmatians or something like that? Yeah. Yeah. And I, I'm not Cruella super familiar with that children's story. So I was assuming that missing that background. Um, which probably would not be the case for who the movie is marketed towards, which is, you know, younger kids. Um, although it has some pretty adult themes, for sure. Some very adult themes. That's what I remember thinking. But maybe, I, I'm not exactly sure who this movie is meant for, but. It's just for, like, anyone who's like, fuck it, I'll watch Cruella. Yeah, right. But it's like they've got, like, like the movie starts with a murder. A mom being murdered by dogs. Yeah, and it's it's kind of a yeah, like I don't know, it's kind of terrifying. <laughs> like, which, maybe I was high. <laughs> maybe I was high. Uh, I was a, sitting there thinking, fun. God, what it would be like to get mauled off a cliff by dogs, like yeah, and just like she just like watched that shit and was like, you know what, I'm a hate dogs. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, which fair, frankly. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, with that, or is that it for movies? I think so. Not, yeah, not much happened really. All right. 
Um, uh, TV shows, this was a big one for me. Uh, there were a few shows from May that I took part in and uh, watching. The Bad Batch, which we covered week to week here yeah. on The Bad Batch Bitches. Started May the 4th. Um, Hacks on HBO Max is a comedy series that was just fucking hilarious. Um, I believe it's starring Gene Smart, if I remember correctly. That's the that's the woman's name. Uh, it's about an older comic who is uh kind of reaching the end of her uh, reaching the end of her career. Like it's kind of like, all right, we need to like really revamp your shit, or else, you know, you're probably going to be done. She had like a. a mainstay performance in Vegas like people came to see her and stuff like she's a pretty big deal and then she starts getting help from a younger writer played by a uh, H- Hannah Einbinder who uh who kind of tries to revamp and their their rapport is basically the entire show you know yeah uh, it's it's very funny though and uh if you if you like comedy and stand-up comedy on the whole it kind of it kind of gets into the the nitty-gritty of what that what that's like uh and then uh, the last last show from May that I I watched was Modoc, and uh, Marvel's Modoc on Hulu. Yeah, animated in that robot chicken style. It's also very funny. Uh, but again, comic book movie TV shows for twenty twenty one. That's a whole other episode, and I think I touched on it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, those three I watched all those in May. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think I. Yeah, I haven't seen any of those yet. Music was, I think, a little, a little better for me. This was a good month. Uh, I mean, obviously, we had the off season mm-hmm. by J. Cole. Yeah, that's a big one. Uh, uh, and this was like the na- This was like the big example I was thinking of when I said like artists I enjoy who put out albums this year that I just don't revisit. Yeah, I don't listen. I to don't the listen off-season. to the off season either. As much as I did listen to it for a solid. I probably listened to it until July or August. Like I did listen to it for a couple of months. Um, cause particularly while I was in North Carolina, I remember listening to it. I didn't go until June, July. Uh-huh. But yeah, it just, <clears throat> it wasn't, it wasn't that it wasn't a full project. You know, it was uh, something to hold us over. And I think it, it held us over. I'm, I don't, crave anything from J. Cole right now. Like, do you think? We'll get it. We'll get it. It, did what it, it did what it was supposed and to. And it'll be great. Whatever he puts out next is going to be great. Um, I do still crave things from Kendrick. I cannot lie. Especially after his appearance on Baby King stuff. So, I deeply crave. Still waiting on that. Still waiting on Top of the moment. Top of the moment. Top of the moment. Let's get this shit. Let's get this shit. Let's get this shit. <laughs> yeah. No, that shit rock. But um, we also got a Georgia Smith release with uh, "Be Right Back," oh. which I have listened to thoroughly throughout the year. Mm-hmm. Uh, that th- that's one I have revisited. Um, Georgia Smith doing her fucking thing. She's awesome at singing. She she sings her ass off. Mm-hmm. Not much more to it. Uh, uh, we got "Sour" by Olivia Rodrigo, uh, and fuck scalpers on Ticketmaster. I was trying to go see Olivia Rodrigo in St. Louis on 420. That ain't going to work anymore. Really? Them tickets, them tickets like $700. Fuck no. Yo. That's crazy. I I really feel like um 
the Olivia Rodrigo thing just still hasn't hit for me. Like, I don't understand how she got so famous so quickly. Like, I really do not. It's actually interesting. She's actually had, like, a a career. Exactly, which is what I found when I look into it. But I'm like, I've never... I. She saw her rise very, very quickly, and I think it could be partially owed to High School Musical, the musical, the series, which she's the the lead in. Oh, okay, okay. I did not know that part. That so she's another Disney star, basically. Uh, interestingly enough, she kind of basically because uh, you know, like or like she comes from that formula, you know, the Basically, you know, she, like I think that superstars. first season came out a year before she like really, really blew up. Uh huh. Well, you know, that's how yeah. it goes. Like, the, 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 Jimmy Lovato was on, and Selena Gomez were on net or mm-hmm. on Disney for years before they really like, right? Like right. we knew of them because they, they, we were watching Disney Channel at that point in time. Right. But oh yeah, that's that's actually. And I, I also I can't lie. It just doesn't wow me. Her music just doesn't wow me. I I don't hate it. I don't think it's bad. It just doesn't wow me. It just sounds like pop music, which confuses me because everyone else it seems like it has that it factor, you know. I'm not gonna lie to you. I'm right. I'm, I'm right there with you. I don't think it. I don't think it. Uh... I'm not a huge pop music guy, and therefore, like, none of it's really going to wow me. It's got to be, like, really original and really just jaw-dropping for it to get me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think a big reason why Olivia Rodrigo got so much love straight off straight off the bat is because she's she's the first example of someone that Taylor Swift fans point to and go, that's... That's next. Yeah. yeah, that's the next coming. That's fair. Uh, that's fair. And Taylor Swift's one of the biggest artists in the world. And I'm only saying this because my girlfriend is one of the biggest Taylor Swift fans I've ever met in my life, mm-hmm. and she fell in love with Olivia Rodrigo uh, immediately. And then the whole Swifty community is like huge on Olivia Rodrigo. Yeah, they they love Olivia Rodrigo. So she she definitely saw a rise through through that a little bit too. Uh-huh. Um. But yeah, she's, I mean, she's also really talented and she's also only 17 or 18 or something like that too. So like she's young as fuck and already one of the biggest artists on the planet, seven time Grammy nominated, selling out tours. It's, I have so much more respect for young people who get famous and don't do fuck shit now that I'm like, I'm like, yeah, if I was giving, speeches at the white house at 17 i would probably get a little i would maybe get a little bit of a big head i feel like you know i'm like all these other kids can't fuck with me like i'm 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 going places everyone else sucks like it can be easy to fall into that especially because like you a kid you're a kid yeah you know, like, and you don't have a fully you don't have like i don't have a fully developed brain i'm 21 mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying like it should be illegal to do anything until you're 26. Yeah, yeah. But <laughs> <laughs> also, I've realized I, I I would I think I would hate being 
being famous. Like that would be oh, yeah. my worst nightmare. Like I oh god, that seems like hell. Like I I've been seeing all this stuff about coming back up about how Tobey Maguire is like a dick to paparazzi and shit. And like on one level, he is a dick, but on another level, he's not any different than what it is like to have interactions with people in public all the time. Like you fucking. Yeah, like it's like this is like we we expect uh Toby Maguire to be like this like person who's gracious and nice because he plays Peter Parker um or played Peter Parker. But no, Toby Maguire's willing to cut through all that bullshit to say, "Hey, you fucking idiots. I know this is your job." They're fucking cars there. Like sometimes you just gotta put it to them straight. Like, <laughs> right, right. You're doing your job. Oh. I respect Tom. I respect Toby Maguire. Oh, greatly, greatly respect Toby Maguire. Uh, a, uh, a funny thing about the the Spider-Man movies that I realized that I found, I've been watch, I've watched some like YouTube documentaries on Tom Holland, Andrew Garfield, and Toby Maguire. Um, mm. All of them have ended up dating their MJ Gwen Stacy. Yeah, in real life, and uh, apparently, someone told Tom Holland when he first started the role of Spider-Man, they're like, "Just don't do it. Just, just don't." Do it. it goes, it bad. goes bad. It ends bad. And he did. <laughs> but they also, it's and what's hilarious? What's hilarious is that like Toby and Kirsten Dunst hooked up, and then like. That went bad, so they were like, they went to Andrew and Gwen, Andrew and Emma Stone, and were like, "Y'all can't do it either. Like, y- you really can't. It's gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna be." Re-. And then they had a real life romance, and it was like, "Fuck." Yeah. And then, uh, and then they were like, "All right, Tom. All right, Z. This cannot happen." Yeah. And they were like, mm, "Okay." Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I can't imagine the conversation they had to have with like whoever. When that photo got leaked of them making out in the car, they're, they're sitting like Kevin Feige called them into her, into his office. It was it's like the intercom. It's like boop. <laughs> Tom Holland and Zendaya to the principal's office. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of funny though that I still think about Zendaya as kind of a teenager, teenage character, and she's probably gonna reprise the early twenties teenage character for a long time. But she's like. She's. I don't know how old she is. Let me look it up. But I, I have a suspicion. She's older than me. Yeah, I have a suspicion that she's pretty old by now. Like, I mean, twenty five at at the at the youngest, or twenty five right around there. Uh, she was born nineteen ninety six, which means twenty five. She's twenty five. Yeah, uh, that makes sense to me. Yeah, uh, that's that's. That's just, I mean that that's right. Because I, I, I think back to like 2012 when she was in like Shake It Up and shit mm-hmm. when I was a kid. Um, God, was that 2012? That had to be. It might have been earlier. Yep, she was born. 2010, 2010 to 2013. Wow. Shake It Up. She, she's from Oakland. I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. I think that might be part of why they have a they feature Oakland rap music so heavy in Euphoria. Actually, um, she likes them too short. You got it. You got it. Actually, I guarantee you that's why that happened. Wow. Right. That's interesting. Yeah. 
but uh some other other releases in may that i that i enjoyed uh that i have since listened to exodus by dmx mm-hmm. uh i i didn't listen to it for months like it like i didn't because the whole I've I've gone over this too. The whole posthumous album thing is always real hard for me to yeah. like get behind. Just like where's the money going and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, you know it's it's a DMX album. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he he raps his ass off as he was one to do. Uh, yeah, and then uh, the last one from a couple of artists that I absolutely fucking love, Super What by Zarface and MF Doom. Okay. Uh, Zarface has been one that I've really, really liked for a few years now uh, yeah. because he does this whole comic booky theme thing. Uh-huh. They do this whole comic booky theme thing with their with their releases, and MF Doom has always been a big proponent of that that vibe too. Uh-huh. And they have a lot of collabs, and Super What just kept that going. Yeah, uh, there was a pretty awesome. Is Zarface a group? Yes, it's like a. Inspect a deck and uh here let me find it. It was founded by Seven L and Esoteric along with Wu Tang clan member Inspected Deck. Uh yeah. Um also in May we had um, YG and Mozzie's community service. Did you listen you listened uh, to that and I think you recommended that to me. That and is a phenomenal project. No, Much yeah. and, and YG, another guy in that Rick Ross. Another guy. Me. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Because it and it, it was interesting because I've always liked Mozzie too, but when you put YG next to Mozzie, it just became so apparent that YG was an elder at this point, and Mozzie was where YG was five, six, seven, eight years ago. Um, right. Because I don't, he just, um, it seemed like, particularly I'm thinking of the, the YG, Mozzie, and Young M.A. song. That, that was my favorite track from that, um, uh, from that project. But Young M.A. and YG seemed like they killed their verses. And I just kind of got taken out of it when Mozzie came on. Um, not because it was a bad verse. It just didn't, it wasn't, it didn't wow me like, like Young M.A. and YG did. Young and May can fucking spit. Oh like God. one of the nastiest flows I've ever heard in my life. Yeah. It's just fascinating how much they miss sometimes. Like it's like yeah. they do miss sometimes. <laughs> plenty. Yeah. And I think it may just be a West Coast thing. I feel like West Coast artists have always done this thing where they just like there's something about the culture out there that um yeah, we just don't relate to, I guess, having not grown up on the West Coast. That makes sense. Um, yeah, but, I mean, Benny the Butcher and 38 Special put out Trust of Sopranos. Um, oh, Nicki Minaj. Oh, Mrs. Oh, Sheena put out. The first on song on Trust of Sopranos samples this song called Jane, uh, which is the theme song to Wet Hot American Summer. Uh-huh. That. Dude, I fucking love it. I don't, I don't, I don't think I've actually listened to that one because I've, I've been um, I did listen. Oh, is this the one? Yeah, I think I did listen to this one. 
Oh no, I'm thinking of um, I'm thinking of Benny the Butcher. What? There were a few. Uh, there were a few Benny the Butcher albums this year. There were. I, I was thinking of um, though this one actually came out in 2020. Benny the Butcher and DJ Drama presents Black Soprano Family. That's a mm. solid project. So, like DJ Drama is another one of those people who's kind of like he, he's had a year. He's had a year. DJ Drama. And I, I was. Like, you know I got a toe tattoo. <laughs> uh, I was just like DJ Drama. Like he seems to do nothing but everything. <laughs> you know. That's right. Um, does that uh, does that conclude May? I believe so. Yeah. On to June, and this is uh, this is one of the more uneventful months uh, of the year. Interestingly enough, for me, anyway, on my end, uh, a couple movies: Luca on Disney Plus, animated film. And In the Heights on HBO Max and in theaters, directed by Lin-Manuel Miranda, starring Anthony Ramos. Um, and I've been, th- I've been thinking a lot about why I didn't like In the Heights. Because uh, I, I really enjoy Hamilton, mm-hmm. uh, which we've been over a couple times. Uh, songs written by Lin-Manuel Miranda, whole script written by Lin-Manuel Miranda. Um, I figured out that I think Lin-Manuel Miranda's songs are more impressive when performed on stage. That's fair. I mean, it seems like that's what it's like. The musical format is kind of geared towards live action. It's what it's for. Yeah. Uh, And In the Heights, for my money, should have been made in the same way that Hamilton on Disney Plus is. Like, filmed on stage with cameras set up, performing it like it's a play. Yeah. Uh, I think think the movie format was interesting and like a... it it works on certain levels, but it's just it's just not it's just not great uh-huh. uh, to me. Yeah, no, I, I understand that. And he apparently his new movie, which um, have you seen it? Oh, okay. and I uh, that's yeah, we'll get we'll there. Get there. Um, there was also Fast Nine or F Nine came out. Did not see it. Obviously. Did not see it. Um, I think they're bringing the Fast and Furious movies to HBO next year, so I'll probably watch them once they're on there. But I've missed like probably the last three, like just because I know that they're not what I want the Fast and Furious, what I want from the Fast and Furious movies, which is a racing. Like, how do they not understand this? Like the cars that they were putting in um, the original Fast and Furious. And uh, Too Fast, Too Furious, uh, Tokyo Drift, Drift, all those cars. Well, first of all, those movies were actually built around this idea of street racing. And all of the cars became iconic for street racers. Like, I've been playing a lot of Need for Speed. And so they have this really cool thing on Need for Speed where you can download uh, wraps for your car, like designs for your car, uh, off line so people spend a bunch of time doing these really detailed ones and the most popular ones that you see brian's uh brian's skyline from uh too fast too furious you see the uh you see uh brian's last wind diesel's supra from the first one um you see the evo x from too fast too furious like you see cars from the from these movies but the last six Nobody gives a fuck about any of the cars that were there. It's a direction where it's like, all of a sudden, this is the group saving the fucking world? Yeah. 
Who cares? <laughs> like, no, that's not what this was supposed to be. No. What the fuck? They need to fucking, like, just throw... They need to put aliens in there somehow. Because that'll... No, they're going to make it to space. Like, have you seen that, like, Fast 10 and Fast 11, like, are apparently, like... They're actually planning to do those? Oh, yeah. Those are already in development. Uh, uh, One of them, they want to take the franchise to space. Uh, And I've also read that someone wants Fast 11 to be a musical. Whoa. Whoa. No, no. If I, if I get Vin Diesel singing, like, uh, yeah, no, it's not going to work. <laughs> That's not going to work. It'll be hilarious. It won't work. It will be hilarious. It will be hilarious. I'll give you that. Uh, but you got any other movies for him? Um, no, I didn't. I didn't really see much from uh, from June. I don't think. Um, then uh, I'll, I'll talk on Luca for a second. It's a it's a Pixar movie that came out on Disney. I watched a lot of the animated shit this year. I uh, I have a lot. I have a lot of love in my heart for the animated category and stuff. Uh, that was a that was another really cute one. Uh, it's not a like it's not Wally, you know, uh-huh. but it's good. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. Um, a twenty four put out a film. They put out um Zola. I don't know anything about that, but oh, you don't know nothing about Zola. No. All right, so here there was a Twitter thread. This that movie is based off a Twitter thread. Uh, it's based off of a Twitter thread. Yeah, in which the whole story, like it, it this this chick sends out this whole Twitter thread that's like tweets and tweets and tweets long like it is super long and it's this whole story about this night she had with uh this night she had and i've i've read the twitter thread and i wish for the life of me i could tell you remember what it was for real for real yeah. but it's like it was definitely something that was like yo this could be a movie and then they made a fucking movie uh and it's it, I never I never saw it, uh-huh. but it's definitely one that I'd be interested in seeing. Like I think it'd be entertaining. Okay. Uh, okay. Yeah, I might have to figure out where to watch that. Um. Yeah, I think that's that's it. That that was significant. Uh, well, that takes us to shows and another another comic book movie one, Loki. Loki. Uh, no, no, no need to talk on that too much. But that was all. That was all for TV shows in the way of June for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then music, I only have three here: uh, Culture Three by Migos, Planet Her by Doja Cat, and Call Me If You Get Lost by Tyler the Creator. Yeah. Um, I thought that <laughs> Migos' Culture Three was underwhelming. Uh, I didn't listen to the Doja Cat. I'm surprised you listened to the Doja Cat. Um, what went into uh, that? Doja Cat's kind of nice. Y- you like Doja Cat? I can't. I couldn't I mean, she's, get past she's all right. Like she, she's got enough songs where I'm like, yeah, all right, I can listen to this. I know. I, I just was immediately turned. I was I'm turned off from her for two things. One, her online personality, like, and not that she does anything bad. Like she doesn't do anything bad online. It it just seems too much. It, it seems too obviously it. a ploy in a lot of senses. Like it just seems like she is. Yeah, I don't know. Trying to create a ploy to get—I don't know. I don't, I don't know. Like the whole thing with her, like she, seems she was like, "If this gets such and such likes, I'll show my boobs." Fucking, of course it's gonna get whatever. It's gonna surpass whatever amount of like. Cause like, don't you understand that part of your role 
as the celebrities to be sexualized like it's unfortunate it's bad shouldn't be that way but that's the way that that the music industry precisely works is through the sexualization of its women and that's why i think that this whole conversation about which we can talk about later but the whole billy eilish thing and um how she has been sexualized throughout her career um it's really interesting because she came out with a video i think where she um was kind of like talking about how she wants to fight back against that notion that um like she's needs to be expected to dress a certain way because she was talking about how when people would tell her how I, we i appreciate how you um don't wear like um you, you wear like enough clothes like you're not trying to show off your body or anything and she would take that as oh so like you you're just happy i'm fitting your conservative expectations of, of me um right. that's not any better than i think to her that's not that's not much better than being sexualized you know and it's like i don't know there's a there's a um a lot there certainly is but doja cat's album had a few really good songs uh ain't shit i listen to i listen to pretty regularly kiss me more featuring scissor that's a good one options featuring jid uh you right featuring the weekend she's got some good ones on there uh-huh. uh catchy as shit uh, but yeah, the the obvious standout from this month for me is "Call Me If You Get Lost" by Tyler. Yeah. Uh, there was, and again, not one I revisit a ton, but right, it was good. Right. Um, I would urge you to listen to "Sleepy Hollow." Have you are you familiar with "Sleepy Hollow" yet? Mm-hmm. Put out "Still Sleep" in um uh in June. That was pretty solid. Lil Dirk and Lil Baby put out the "Voice of the Heroes." I wasn't super impressed by it um when I listened to it because I mean. It's a little dark and little baby. Like I was like, they're gonna do something, right? And it was all right, but it didn't. It didn't really. Um, it didn't really get me. Uh, and then um, Kodak Black. We didn't mention this about May, but Kodak Black put out projects in May and June, neither of which I listened to, but I thought it was worth listening. <laughs> yeah, I I haven't listened to Kodak Black in a couple of years. I haven't. I have not either. Um, <laughs> The court ain't on legacy you winning. Everyone is in the game. That came out. Right. Um, yeah, debuted at num at fifty six on the billboards, which is behind where Ski Mask the Slump God debuted with his Sin City the mixtape, which was at number thirty nine. So. Oh. Just the fact that Logic has had probably twice the length of the career that Ski Mask has had, and, and Ski Mask is outranking him at this point, I think that explains a lot. <laughs> it does. It does. I'm, I'm not going to lie to you. So far, if I had to pick the most underwhelming month of the year, I think it's June. In terms of music? Across the board. Mm. Movies, TV, music. Yeah. Uh, January gives it a little bit of a run for its money simply because of the lack of stuff we got. But in terms yeah. of getting a few things uh, and collectively it being mostly all right, a few good things. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I think I'd say this that one's the most underwhelming for me so far. I would agree. I would agree. And thus, that concludes part one of two of uh, 
2021's pop culture and review a month at a time. You know, this was January through June. Next episode will be July through December. Uh, yeah. Should be a lot of fun. Looking forward yeah. to that. I think that um, sort of the first half of this year was still kind of slowly building back up from just the stoppage of all production of things at the end of last year. I'd say the same. Um, so and I, a lot of cool things came out, you know, in these next couple months. Yeah, I, I'd say the latter half of the year is certainly the stronger half of the year. Yeah. Uh, especially on the movies front, there are some fucking bangers in the last half of the year. Uh, it, it the next episode is really where where it's at. It's mm-hmm. really where it's at. So uh, go check that out. And uh, hell yeah, I was Colton Robertson joined by Tavares Pennington. Thank you very much, buddy. Yes, indeed, it's been a blast. It has been a blast, and uh, yeah, man, I'm excited to talk to you again uh, to discuss, you know, July through December. Yeah. If you would, head to patreon.com slash Bloom, where you'll find well over 21 hours of exclusive content at this point with uh, some art that I put up over there, digital paintings, graphic design, stuff like that. It's a lot of fun. All that money helps me in putting this podcast on. It's uh, it's it's all it's used for uh, at the moment. Don't have enough money, and it, it doesn't even pay for it. It just partially, partially helps. Uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, but so, yeah, that'd be huge. And then uh, head to Twitter and follow at Penny Bloom Pod. Follow on Instagram at Penny Bloom Podcast. And remember, peace, love, and bloom. And always praise Keanu Reeves. <laughs>